Okay, wow. So, <clears throat> I'm so happy to be back here. I know that sounds crazy because I only missed a weekend, but like I said before, it feels like I've been gone for months. And <clears throat> what's happened in here, it's the, it's the fruit of months. And I, 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 there's no way on earth I could possibly tell you everything in this Sunday. But, I, but there are some things that were really impressed on me to share with us as a body. And um, so I'm just going to just, I don't know where to start, so I'm just going to start with the first one that comes up, which happened this morning. Um, uh, <clears throat> unity. I want to talk about unity. And I want to talk about what it is and what it isn't, and now I'm going to move on. Is that okay? Okay, so um, how good and pleasing it is uh, for us, the family of God, the brothers in the faith, to dwell together in unity. We all know this. I mean, we could quote that. We could say, it's good to be in unity, brother. We all get to know that, yeah, of course. And, um, and it's good. It is a very good thing. And I'm not even going to say but. I'm just going to say, it's a good thing, period. And uh, we, we not only have been called to be in unity, but we're actually walking in unity. This is great. It, you, you, it almost sounds like a redundant word, but how many of us know that um, the greatest encouragements are reminders of things we're already walking in to strengthen us to continue to walk in them in greater measure? <laughs> And that is what I believe I'm doing this morning. Um, I would say that, that this body is very unified. And I want to actually cure the doubts of that. Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, all of you live in America, which is great. Um, in my opinion, one of the greatest, if not the greatest nation in the history of the planet. Um, as far as the freedoms and all these things afforded to us. Um, and one of, our really, one of the really good things about America is we've created a lot of things um, out of abundance like uh, pastimes and hobbies and sports and all these incredible things that have come out of abundance. There's a reason why a lot of the nations out there that are really always warring and whatnot don't innovate. It's because they don't have time. <laughs> They're too busy trying to figure out how to hurt people that have hurt them. Um, and so um, what I want to say is our nation has been so blessed, and it's only beginning, <laughs> really, though. Um, I, I want to quote Donald Trump when he says, like, you're going to be winning so much, you're going to get tired of winning. And I believe that he was prophesying. He wasn't just saying it. This is a, pro this is a prophetic word for us. Um, anyone that will take it. And um, to bounce off of what was talked about last weekend, um, you don't have to worry about looking for the places that have favor in them. This is a time of favor. Yes. You, you don't have to worry anymore about looking for it. It's like if you lived in Sudan and you're wondering about where little patches of freedom you'd have. And then you come to America. You just have it. You don't have to worry about patches of freedom here. You just have it. And people can like try to usurp that and try to fight against it and try to make all these laws passed. It doesn't matter. You have the Constitution to stand on. You know you have these freedoms, these unalienable rights, meaning unalienable, meaning you cannot make them alien from you. You cannot separate them from you. You cannot make them distant. They are, this is the basic of who you are. You've been endowed with those rights by your creator. I'm quoting an old document. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. In this, um, this great place that we live, um, um, in a lot of ways, um, well, it, we're just in abundance. And one of those things is, like I said, sports and hobbies, and American rules football, for example. Okay, or basketball, or jazz music, or rock and roll, and it just keeps going. There's all these incredible things that have come out of America. I'm going to use football as an analogy for unity. I'm not really a football fan. I know that sounds... You know, whatever. Um, I like baseball way more, and I like basketball a lot. Um, uh, but um, <laughs> a little side note, a little commercial there. But um, I have friends. I have family in Green Bay, and since I was eight, they were like sending me Green Bay jerseys and like <laughs> stickers and like all these like like little like. 
things for the players and stuff. Just to try to like get me to not be a 49ers fan. Because I'm like in Northern California. I just think that's funny for me. I just think that's really funny. But um, so growing up, I just had this affinity for the Green Bay Packers. And that's about as close to football as I've got. Um, I, right when I got back into football, just for a couple years with Keenan, because he's also a Green Bay fan, right when we started watching the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers again, they just started winning Super Bowls, which is really funny. Um, I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. Favorite. Uh-huh. Now, I want you to picture you've never seen football in your life. Just picture that for a second. It makes some of you sad. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> picture you've never in your life ever seen football. Like, you're from another country. You're from, like, Gabon or something, Africa. You've never, ever even heard of American rules football. And you finally show up to a game. And someone next to you, someone next to you is saying this. What I want you to do is I want you to let me know when unity is happening on that field. You tell me when you see unity. I can pretty much guarantee, and we could all agree, that if no one had ever seen football, they would, as soon as the huddle happens, there's the unity. But that's not when the unity is happening. It's just not. That's the preparation for unity. Now I want to say this, that as the body, we put a lot of emphasis on a couple things that actually can tend to fight against really understanding the kingdom. One of them is we put a lot of emphasis on huddles. Where like the quarterback or the pastor is like, alright dude, we're going to do this! And we think unity is the huddle. That's what we think it is. We think that the unity is the huddle, but that's not where unity is. Unity is when everyone is operating in the way they're supposed to be operating outside of this room as well as inside. And so I can tell you right now that, that, that if you liken the church to football, then what will be happening is like, okay, do we need to huddle 90% of this game? Like, we're going to huddle all the time. Let the clock run. It doesn't even matter because we're going to be huddling. And when we're going to be huddling, we're going to figure out how to do this game. And the other team is like throwing the ball, passing, catching it, running, all this different stuff. And we're in the huddle. And we're like, okay. The huddle. This is the important part because this is what looks like unity, so it must be yeah. unity. And and the quarterback's like, all right, dude, I know how to help people be a quarterback and a running back, but everybody else, you can't do anything. You have to be quarterbacks <laughs> or running backs. And then everybody else like, I don't know how to. I don't run fast, and I'm really good at taking damage. Is it okay if I just block? No, you cannot block. Just let them come because everybody <laughs> has to be a quarterback or a running back. And so what happens? You have all these quarterbacks like wondering where when they're going to have the ball, and you have all these guys running down, and everybody's showing up at the quarterback. <clears throat> And he's like, this is not working. So then he, he reads more books on how to be a pastor. And he reads all these leadership principles and maybe trying to raise up more quarterbacks. And the whole time, these people are not supposed to be quarterbacks. <laughs> They're over here supposed to be defensive linemen taking damage and actually designed to do that. And then you have other guys that are supposed to be doing other stuff like... Being fake running backs, you could call them. And, and they're, they're supposed to be the ones that are kind of like faking out Satan over here, but still doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and like everybody else has all these, I mean, I'm not going to ask people to start listing off all the football positions, but there's more than four, I promise. And so there's a whole bunch of them. And then when you're on the defense, the same thing. And, and, and what happens is, is over time, we put a high emphasis on conformity and tradition. And so what happens is, is now you have the ones that come in and they're like, no, dude, I, I, I see the problem here. I, this is my position. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be blocking. And then what the majority of times will say, well, we haven't had that, and so we don't need it. Because we put a high priority on tradition and conformity. And so what happens is tradition and conformity starts moving us outside of how we're supposed to operate 
most of the time. Some of us have maybe gift sets that work well in tradition and conformity. And so we're like, everything's fine. But the ones that are designed to take damage, what I mean by take damage is intercession. Yes. Hello. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Or just like, you're the one that like, you know, like, man, like, I could really take that and run with it. Or whatever that is. You know what I mean? Like, a little side commercial. For me, I know that if Nestle gave me the rights, or at least the, the marketing for Willy Wonka, and they gave me a ridiculous budget, I mean, I'm talking ridiculous, um, I could make Willy Wonka into this generation's candy. Hands down, easy. And, um, and I actually, I'm not kidding, this is a true story, I actually wrote down page after page of all my ideas. At the end, I say, I relinquish all rights to this information, signed my name and dated it, and sent it to Nestle. And Nestle sent it back, saying, we recognize that this was ideas for business, and because of blah, 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 our rules, 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 blah, 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 we can't do that, so we didn't even read it, so here you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get into it, but if I told you the whole thing, you'd be like, I'd buy that candy. Like, you would. You really would. I mean, seriously. I, it's, it's amazing. And so, um, I, just from a little kid, I've looked back, and my favorite candy is the Gobstopper. I'm giving you an example of what it looks like if you could come in and change things, but the resistance, okay. I know they're a massive old financial company. I'm just saying. You know, this random dude with a note. I know. But I'm just saying. If I told you the plan, though, you'd be like, that could work. Um, okay. Gobstoppers. They're my favorite candy growing up. Gobstopper, um, the everlasting gobstopper. They should be the everlasting gobstopper. Now they're the little jawbreaker that changes color once. <laughs> um, right? It's like, mm. uh, but before, they used to change color three or four times when I was little. And they were bigger. They were, they were like a larger candy. And when you would suck on it, what happens is, you know, when you suck on candy and you take it out, where do you put it? You either throw it away or keep sucking on it or put it back in a wrapper, but it sticks to the wrapper. Well, there's titanium dioxide in, in, in Wonka candy. And so what happens is, is you're, you're sucking on it, you take it out, you blow on it for three seconds, it's completely dry. And then you put it in your pocket. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome! And so for me, that was the whole idea. It was like, oh my goodness, Gobstoppers are the best candy ever. They've never been marketed like that. So for me, that I would just mark it just like the, the M&M's, milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Gobstopper, suck on it in class, put it under the table for three seconds, put it in your pocket, and never get caught with candy. Um, anyway, my point is that, that really Wonka has about eight of these things going on with their company that if they just could just slow down and look at the nature of their candy, they would actually make a lot of money. But Nestle isn't really concerned with that. They're just trying to pump out as many units as possible and not think about it. Did you see the parallel there? Great. Here are some people like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was paralleling that with the church. So uh, what happens is a lot of the times, I mean the church, meaning the church militant, the church at large, the bride of Christ, like all of us out here. Yes, okay. Um, for us in this room, I want to cure us from anything that wants to creep in and saying, well, I'm not unified. Like we're not unified because I don't know every single person in this room and best friends with every human. No one in this room knows everyone in this room and is best friends with every human in this room. That's not what unity is. Unity in the faith is different than unity in the social structure of high school or whatever. That's right. You know what I mean? Because no high schooler would say, dude, our, our high school is unified. Because that's physically impossible. It just is, as far as their definition of it. And so what happens is, is they're, it's, it, they're looking at relational, la lack of relational division, and time spent, and secret shared, and that's what they think unity is. That's not unity. That's that's very close friendship. What unity is, it like, dude, you can watch football and some of those guys hate each other, and yet they're fully operating in unity, yeah. Yeah. in the context of that game. Mm -hmm. 
No, I'm not saying we should like each other. <laughs> you know, the allegory does end somewhere. Um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that for us, as a body, we are very unified. Kairos is very, very... Um, well, our little church here, everybody operates in their own way, in their own life. There isn't a lot of programs to try to assimilate into and kind of change the way you do things to fit into a program. And my hope is that that would just be long-lasting... Yeah, just keep being who you are. And and so uh, I wanted to encourage us that as a body, we are actually very unified. Each one of us has our our space, our our influence, our metron. What we do is we we, um, have our our metron meets measure, but you have your certain measure of influence, every single person in this room. And what I would say is you guys steward that influence very well. And that's how we're unified. We're unified out in the field. This is just the huddle. Is that good? Yep. Great. Okay. So I just, I just wanted to make it clear that, because um, you guys, I've gotten way too many words from people that didn't even know I was that we were even doing this. Saying like, are you a leader? I'm like, yes. Because whatever you're leading, you need to get a bigger bowl. Because... You, you're, you're not prepared for what's coming. I'm like, okay. And then like, I'm at Bethel. Do you pass your church? Yes. You need to get a larger vessel because <laughs> things, like things are starting. You know, like there, there's going to be a large in, influx of people. I'm like, okay. I'm at this pastor's thing the Thursday before last, and this guy shows up. And he's like, look, man, the Lord really told me to like that. Like we're supposed to be working together. I'm like, great. Who are you? And um, he's like, well, I pastor this, this thing over here. I'm like, where's your location? We don't have a location. We're a pop-up church. What does that look like? And he's like, well, we're, a bunch, we're just basically, he didn't say company of evangelists, but that's really what he was saying. Uh, basically, everybody, like, everybody in our church, we're all about preaching the gospel. What we do is we, we partner with other churches, and we show up, to this, show up to whatever church will have us, and we preach on evangelism like once a month, and we go out and we evangelize that entire area, and we send everybody back to that church. And then anybody in that church that wants to do that you, um, um, that we, they're just totally like we we train them up into breaking through the fears and like the what ifs about evangelism, so that you can actually just step into it and be an evangelist and do that. And I'm like, awesome! Like they're literally a church that raises up the, the evangelist call in churches. Isn't that amazing? And and he's saying, dude, man, I gotta talk to you. I'm like, great. And so there's literally 300... Okay, i got to back up a little bit. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But Thursday before last, I was in a room full of over 300 senior pastors in this whole region of Northern California. That was incredible. I've never been in a room like that in my life. And all these people are... It's like they're all senior pastors. So like... Like sixty percent, everybody's talking with their hands to each other. And like, yeah, they're yeah. just like really like, ho, ho, ho. like all these like belly laughs everywhere, and everybody's in like Tommy Bahama, and it's just like holding his head and like and like them with their wives, and it was like ninety percent of all the wives had blonde hair. And like, oh, you know. Let me guess, SUV in the parking lot. It's like the whole thing was funny. Okay, so um, yeah, it's really funny. And um, uh, but but besides the stereotypes. What I didn't see coming, because I saw that coming a mile away. I mean, if you're like, what do you think it's going to look like? I would have told you that, and it was like that. Um, but what I didn't see coming was this. I walk in the room, and there's a couple things that happen. I'm transitioning from unity, if you didn't catch this. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in this room, and you guys, this is just a more of like a more like personal mechanism I have that God's been training me out of very recently. Where, um, like, if I go to Disneyland, I make a list in my head of the greatest rides there that I'm going to ride before I leave. 
And what happens is it can somehow rob the moment. You know what I mean? Like Disneyland, going to Disneyland, the point of going to Disneyland isn't like, all right, dude, we're going to get all this good stuff and then we're going to be exhausted. That's not, that's not the point of Disneyland. The point of Disneyland is I'm with like my, my peeps, like the people that I love the most in my life. Because I'm just going to go to Disneyland with anybody, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm in Disneyland, and I'm with these people, and I'm enjoying the day, and the day just happens to be surrounded with roller coasters. You know what I mean? And, like, goofy hats with the teeth. You know what I mean? And so, and I, man, I love Disneyland. I really do. Like, I haven't been since I was seven, and then I went to Hong Kong with Zach and Steph. Hong Kong, Disneyland. And that was just such a blessing for us coming right out of Africa. Um... I want to say this, that, um, well, that doesn't mean commercial kind of like through the whole thing. Um, so what I want to say is, uh, let me just back all the way out to the pastor's thing and I'll get back to what I was saying. So I come in this room and, uh, yeah, that, that anxious thing. So I come into this room and usually when I'm in a conference or something like that, I'm like, okay, where's my diamond appointment? What do I got? What am I, you know, like that thing. It, it, it becomes an anxious hunt for the goal. That's just, it's, just, it's been in my nature. And so that's how I've, I've, ro I've rolled with that kind of thing. And I showed up to that thing too exhausted to do that. <laughs> I was like so tired. And I like came in, because the night before I preached at this youth group in Auburn, which I totally, it's like a kind of cessationist Baptist church. And I just like, it's <laughs> 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 like, just like, like just start prophesying everybody. It was like really intense. And I kind of freaked out a girl. And she's like, I don't want it. Just don't tell me. Don't whatever you have to say, don't tell me. I'm like, oh crap. And I'm like, I'm like realizing like I'm about to create problems here if I haven't already. And um, I was like, okay, we'll talk to your leaders afterwards. This isn't like a psychic like show or anything. Anyway, they fielded that and the, the parent came up very concerned, talked to the senior pastor, and the senior pastor was like, Okay, well let's sit down and let's look through the Bible. And they had my message. <laughs> I didn't know this was gonna happen, but they went through my message every single sentence I said and like wow. tried to find if it was biblical or not. And at the end they're like, Everything's biblical. So we're cool. And so they go back to the youth group and say, go there. That's so cool. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so, um, yeah. So now they're like, the, yeah, the Margo and Isaac. So now my friend Isaac, who's over there, the group is like, 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 ready, you know? Like, he's been praying for this for over a year and a half. And like, it's been awesome. Okay, so. I'm like, good luck with that, buddy. Like, you, let me know. Um, okay, I thought for sure it was going to be the other way. Like, you know, like. Isaac's on probation. I can never speak at that church again. You know, like that. No, it's totally opposite. Um, okay, but from there, that I came home that night, didn't really sleep a lot. And then that morning after, Katie and I drove out to Rancho Cordova, 1992, in a bottle. And we, um, it's my Rancho Cordova joke. And, um, uh, it's a really good. And, um, and we get to Rancho Cordova, and we show up to Capitol Christian Center. And this place is just hugantic. I mean, it's just this next level situation. You're showing up, you're like... You know, like, in, the, in uh, the movies where, like, they do digital, like, large monoliths of some sort, and they have to put a flock of birds next to it just to give you scale? <laughs> By the way, that's why they do that. They, have, they always have a flock of birds flying next to it, way far, just so you could get how big this thing really is. Because if it just sits there, you don't know how big it is. That's literally what happened. We, should, we pull up... <laughs> it's like the inside joke with me with, like, oh, these little tricks with, like, the digital world. They have to they do that stuff. 
Well, I pull up to the Capitol Christian Center. It's so big, and this flock of birds flies by. And for me, it's like, it's like funny thing, like, like, whoa, that's a big building. Okay, so we pull around, and, and you have all their like, like students. They all have signs, like pastors' conference this way, and every one of them are like totally smiling, like it's over here. And you can tell, like, the cars in front of us. Every one of them is stopping, and the kids are like. Thanks! And they keep going. And like basically everyone that's stopping is like, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Like, you're doing a great job. It's <laughs> all these senior pastors. This is like really funny. And so like, and like we, we pull in and like, it's just like the weirdest experience for me. And we pull in and we park and we're parking like, it's like every animal of the kingdom as far as like the pastors are walking to this building. And I can look over and you have like the really, really large black man, like like <laughs> like yeah, you know like that guy. And then you have like the, the really like mousy Baptists, you know, with like the comb over and like the sweater vests, kinda like you know like, And I look over and there's this woman and she's got these gold hoop earrings like this. And she's 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 African American and she's got like the gold from Africa, like all purple and like yellow and like just gold everywhere, and she just got got the head wrap, and she's just like walking in and she's all, "What's up, sister?" And like walking in and like it's like this place is amazing, like every single possible stereotype of church leadership was just converging into the doorway. And then there's Katie and I, and so Katie and I are kind of like just kind of hanging out, like like hey, whatever. So I say all that to say I came in the room and for the first time in my life, I'm in a room where I'm fully aware that there is uh, divine appointments in front of me and there's all this, this situation happening and God, I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? He's like, go to the bathroom. Okay. So I go to, I'm thinking like, all right, dude, here's my, here's my moment. And I go in and I'm like, why am I here? He's like, because you have to pee. I'm like, okay. So, I, so, I, so I'm peeing, and like I come back, and like I'm washing my hands, and I'm like, all right, dude, is this prophetic? He's like, no, you're washing your hands because you just peed. I'm like, okay, great. And like I'm just waiting around, and nothing happens, and this dude walks in, and, and like I'm like, maybe this is a divine appointment. It's the janitor, and he's like, and he's and he's like, you know, and I'm like, okay. And so I walk out, and I'm like, okay, where's my divine appointment? And then Jesus says, you're here to bless other people. And that wouldn't even have been close to my radar. Like, I'm with all these people that are super experienced and all this stuff in the natural. And he's like, you're here to bless people. I'm like, oh. And all of a sudden, I went from, like, crazy Disneyland guy to, like, by myself hiking in the woods guy. Totally different place. And I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And all of a sudden, I'm back to, like, just me instead of this, like, thing. You know, like, I took Saul's armor off or whatever you want to say. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, I'm back to me. Like, and so I'm, like, walking in there. And I'm not all, like, strolling. Hey, man. I just was just ready to talk to people. And just, like, you know, does somebody need encouragement? I'm looking for that. And I'm realizing I'm in this room, and every human being in that room is in the same place. Yeah. It was, like, a divine appointment, like, I want to say snake pit, but that that's like sounds demonic. But like, just this like, there's too many people that are very okay. Have you ever seen when they like when they process chicks, like baby chicks? They're just pouring them out. It's just like cotton balls, and they're just like, ah! like they're like little legs and their little beaks, and it's like the whole thing is going on. That's what it felt like in that room. Just like way too many divine appointments and too many people looking for them and too people too many people ready to give them all in the same time. And I'm in this room and like. I just, instead of, like, looking, I'm just, like, looking for where we're going to sit. And I'm just kind of looking around, and 
Every once in a while, somebody will pass you, like... <laughs> like, like, it's like people are hunting for their device phone, and you can just tell it's like really funny. And so every once in a while, somebody will walk by me, and they'd be like, "You, know. <laughs> you senior pastors, you!" And so here I am. So finally, like I um, I come in and I, I sit down and I sit down on this table, and and I, I really felt led to sit at that table. And so I'm sitting there, and nobody's there yet. And um, by the way, uh, by the way, um, what's your name? Um. Goodness gracious, Sandra Jensen. Okay, so raise your hand if you know Ray and Sandra Jensen. Okay, not a lot of you, but you know Ray and Sandra Jensen. That's amazing. So, okay, why am I smiling? And so, um, okay, well, they have two daughters, Jalise and Janelle. And um, uh, when I first came to The Rock, this is going somewhere. I'm going to get back to the pastor's conference. This is just amazing. So, um, Jalise is, is the younger one, and then Janelle was the older one. And um, when I first got saved, I was only at The Rock for like three weeks. I was only been saved for three weeks. And they... There was just this crazy revival, and I always had some miraculous te- testimony on the stage. And Janelle gets up, and I'm like, that's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. Like, Jesus had the glory of the Lord on her, which now I understand the context of that's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life in that context. But at the time, I was just like, like just completely mesmerized by this girl. Well, she literally had miraculous grace on her, um, and even to date. I mean, if you know her, if you know Janelle, she just... this. She's kind of like otherworldly a little bit, um, the best way I can put it. Well, I remember um, she got up, and she had this crazy accident, and she went into a coma. And her brain had swelled, and she had no oxygen to her brain for, like, a long time. And they're like, she's going to be a vegetable for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. It was, like, really intense. And like, she had a feeding tube, and she was just, like, non-responsive. And so they went in and just prayed. And um, <clears throat> the day later, she woke up, but wasn't really, like, couldn't think a lot and, like, just cry. And the next day, she could talk a little bit, and the next day, a little better, and the next day, a little better, and the next day, a little better. And um, by the time um, she was released, uh, she could talk, she could walk, um, but for her, just a lot of trauma. She couldn't, like, run and whatnot, but she was still her. She couldn't remember a lot of things, like like uh, math or, like, some, like, like the basics of certain things that she had learned when she was little. Um, within two months, she's completely normal, laughing, the whole thing. But just had a continual healing. Um, and uh, so she, they brought her on stage during that whole point. Like, she'd only been out of the hospital for a week. And um, she's like, yeah, she's like, she's just way chill. But the glory of the Lord was, like, so on her. Like, it was almost visible. And it was, like, convicting just being around her. It was, like, one of those situations. Just, like, this intense situation. Well, she was one of Katie's best friends. But I didn't know Katie then. And um, so... Katie's best friend Stephanie in Scotland, who's pregnant, by the way. Just Yay! Totally excited about that. Um, yes. Um, so uh, it was totally encouraging for Katie because Stephanie's been going through IVF. I know this is all over the place, but you guys, this has been a lot of fun. You're doing great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. So we're following. Thank you. So um, yeah. So Janelle. Um, so it was. It was. Uh, I asked Katie to marry me. And when I asked her, she just started crying and didn't say anything. And then I was, like, actually worried she was going to say no. But in her head, she was like, oh, no. When am I going to get married? All my friends are going to get married. Like, she, she was thinking that. And I'm like, can you say yes? You know, it's like, what a listen to it. Um, okay, so, uh, so, so her best friend Stephanie gets married. We get married the week after that. By the way, all these girls are at each other's weddings. Right. And then the week after that, Janelle gets married. So it was like, dink, and they were, like, super close. Okay, so they're just part of the family is about the best we could say it. Well, we get to this pastor's conference. So we're in there, and like I told you, it's all this extravaganza. 
And as we walk in, I look over and I see Lydia Burks. Well, that makes sense because she's Francis' assistant and Francis puts on this thing usually. He doesn't do it anymore, but he started this whole thing. And then I look over and there's Janelle. I'm like, Janelle lives in North Carolina. So that this isn't like a common situation. Maybe, maybe who's December? You'd be like, oh, there's Janelle. And Katie's like, what? And she walks up and Janelle's like, way chill. She's like, hey, Katie, how you doing? Like, it's very just like, you know. And, um, well, next thing I know, like, Janelle and Katie are off talking. And, and they're encouraging each other prophetically. There's this amazing situation happening. And so Katie's kind of like out of the picture because she's like sitting on the stage on the side talking to Janelle. And um, so now I'm just walking around. I sit down at the table. People start sitting around. And uh, you guys, like, the amount of people that I met that day that were all about us as, as, a, as a, a fairly new church um, was incredible. Erwin uh, McManus spoke. Remember when I, okay, whenever I speak about faith, I talk about that one preacher who had a son that crawled out onto the second floor yes. of his house and yes. jumped it. That, that's Erwin McManus. Yes. <laughs> like the guy who, like, pretty much one of the two top people that have, that whose messages really have touched me considerably yeah. is speaking at this thing. I found out about that thing three nights before. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was amazing. Well, at a certain point, he stops his message. He's preaching on this one thing, and he actually... And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you because I really felt this is necessary. So um, I talked about unity. Okay. Um, now, I'm going to share what he shared with me and really impacted me. He's preaching just to the church at large. And then all of a sudden... He goes, and then there's you. He didn't point at me or anything. I'm going to remember 300 and some people, okay? But he says, and then there's you. And God says, he's speaking directly to you. I didn't even know what he's going to say. He could have been, oh, then there's you. You've got a million dollars. You don't know how to spend it. I don't know what he's going to say. But, like, but I knew that because God told me, he's, all, he's speaking to you right now. I'm like, okay. And then there's you. He goes, <clears throat> he starts talking about, it's so funny, he goes, Turn your Bibles to Genesis 4. I'm like, oh, okay. And we're looking at Genesis 4. He's all, in the genealogies. And everybody starts laughing because I think he's kidding. He's like, no, I'm serious. And then he goes, he goes, he starts reading. And he goes, first, there was Tubal. The, 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 first, um, the first person to ever uh, dwell in tents and to herd animals. And there was his brother, Jubal. Jubal is the first person to invent and play instruments. Which is totally amazing. That's where the Jubilee comes from. And then you see his brother or son, Tubal Cain, who first made tools out of bronze and iron. And he he stopped, and he goes, you know, in the church, we put a high priority on conformity and tradition. And he says, and so what happens is, is everybody up until that point had never seen a tent. You're like in caves, you know, you're doing other stuff. And you're, you're having to hunt the wild buffalo or whatever that is, you know. Um, Try you. And um, two of you got that. Okay. And, um, and uh, at a certain point, um, this dude was like, look, man, antelope are way too dramatic, okay? These other animals, they're just chilling. So let's just feed them and keep them around. We'll just like whack one of them every once in a while. <laughs> like this whole chasing down things and that whole thing, that just slips up down. And he's like, and then, you know, like, we kind of have to move to pasture every once in a while, so we need a mobile home. So let's invent the mobile home. And that's what he did. He's thinking out, he's literally thinking of things that have never been seen before. But they're in here. And he sees it. 
but that's never been seen before. So he's the first guy to do that. And then his brother is like, dude, like, I love singing. Singing's great. You know, we're singing a lot. He's like, I don't know how that happened. Did he see, did he hear like wind going through the reeds or something? But anyway, it says that he invented the flute and the, and the harp, which is incredible if you think about it. Okay. Like, did you see, okay, like we're playing, I'm playing this, we're all singing, but we, there was a point in the history of, of us where there was no such thing and somebody made it. I mean, we take the music for granted, we take the, the, the instrument for granted, but at one point, they didn't exist here. They only existed in heaven. Wow. And he saw what was in heaven yeah. and made it here. Wow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then you have these guys that are like, guys and girls. And you're like, you got like a rock and like a stick. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, have you ever tried to, like as a little kid, like dig through like hard ground with a stick? Good luck. I mean, it's like your stick just gets demolished and you're like, okay, moving on to something else fun. But when you needed to dig into the ground, that's hard. And he's like, you know what? Maybe they saw a volcano or something. I don't know exactly. Or maybe just God just told them. We need to melt down metal. And when it cools, it's going to be this. This is like a next level situation. You know what I mean? In India, it's one of the oldest artifacts on earth. Um, it's actually this, it's, it's in the middle of this like super, like, they say like the stonework is so precise. It's like all this crazy stuff is happening around this. And it's a big iron pole. It's cast iron, and it's one of the oldest things that's in man, and it doesn't rust. And they take a sample of it, and in our modern metallurgical abilities, we cannot recreate that metal. We can't recreate it. They knew more about forging metals then than they do now. And they forged this iron thing, possibly tubal cane, um, and it's still there. Really Where? It's in India. It's right off the Ganges in some town. Okay. My point is, is that Tubal Cain and possibly his predecessors were really good at this stuff. Why were they good at it? It's because they're the ones that invented it. They saw it in heaven and they brought it here. The jubils, the ones that are called to steward newness and to even maybe bring it. The ones that aren't so about being a quarterback and a running back, but know that they have something to insert into the kingdom that is by all means not, it, it's not like it's unbiblical, it just might challenge traditions. Yes. Um, it's actually, if you stepped out, if you went to the world and said, hey, here's my organization, and you're not even telling me what it is or what it does, but here's my organization, and somebody's trying to come in here and do this. They would say, that makes total sense. Those are the jubils. Those are the ones that can come in and say, like, Zach is a jubil when he walks into business. He just is. Many of you are jubils in your sphere, and some of you are jubils, and you don't know it yet. And he said this to me. He's preaching about something else, and then he just stops. And he's like, and then there's you. He's talking at first to all these senior pastors, and he says, um, um, you guys are called, like, like, he's like, a lot of you are called to cast a wide net. You cast a very wide net, even in your preaching, in your teaching, how the church is structured, so that you will bring many people into your organization, your body. He's all, and you need to do this. This is actually your calling to do this. Like, um, what's the guy, Purpose Driven Life, what's his name? 
Rick Warren. Rick Warren's calling is to do what he's doing. Some people are like, well, whatever. He's doing da 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 He's not doing this. Okay, well, those grumblers are actually jewels. They sense a different way that they don't see yet. They're mad that it doesn't exist. Instead of being a jewel or a tubal canyon. Instead of, they don't see it, so they pioneer it. And they are it's so valuable to them that they're willing to be angry and embittered and actually talk negatively and actually try to destroy the bride of Christ from within. But they're not, they're not encouraged enough to instead of that, to actually walk in their God-given destiny. <clears throat> Hold on, everybody's looking at stuff. Just come back here. This is so important. What I'm speaking to us right now is so important. Okay. Um, the, a lot of the jubils, they're, they're, they have a desire to see what they desire so much that they're willing to actually begin to try to destroy the bride of Christ and how she operates. But they're not motivated enough to actually take the brunt of the pushback and the accusation yes. and everything that comes when you're a jewel. And I want to say that there's a specific group that are called to steward jewels. To act, and this is what he said. It's totally amazing. He's on. then there's you. He's like, and, and God's like, he's talking to you. I'm like, okay, snap. Get new attention. Okay, I'm here. I'm listening. And he's like, then there's you. All, the, all these other ways of preaching, and somehow all you talk about is the inner mechanisms of faith inside of people that most people don't even see. And you steward those things. I'm like, check. And he's like, you know, people put a high emphasis on numbers, and some people are actually called to be that. Um, but for you, you're more concerned with the individual and, and them being built up into the fullness that might be way beyond what tradition or conformity would say is allowable. Mm -hmm. You're called to steward jubilees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. like, you might use language like this. Dude, our church is just full of a whole bunch of quirky, wacky people that have been rejected yeah. by other people. <laughs> he's all, that's Amen another word. That. Right? Exactly. He's all, that's another way to say the jubilees. The innovators. The innovators are the ones that don't fit in. He's like, most of the time, they don't find someone that can steward them. So instead, they go to the world. Because the world wants innovation. The world's like, do something different. <laughs> we are so nonconformist. We hate tradition. Do something new. And he's like, you don't have to kill your, your conformity. Your, your... Because conformity is okay. Don't kill people. Right? That's okay. Conformity is okay, but not at the expense of what God is doing in the moment. Right? right? Okay. So, when he said that to me, it dropped way deeper in me than I can even, like, navigate. And I, I saw a closer, encouraging, hope-filled direction as far as how I steward people. Just totally amazing. Steward their freedoms. Just, I've been saying that for like a year, but, right? Oh, and all of a sudden he starts handing me this download of who you are. Like, who you are. And then because of that, it started to occur to me, people in this body, who they are. Like, individually, as people. And um, th that'll be showing up in the next couple weeks, but I'm like having a lot more clarity as far as like, 
our function, our role, like, like, and, and, and don't worry, it's not gonna be like Saul's armor. It's like, it's so freaking obvious that when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, well of course. <laughs> like, yeah, like if, if we brought Eileen up, we're like, you guys, did you know that Eileen prophesies? You'd be like, yeah? In the same way, like, coming up to somebody like, like Karina Douglas back in the day. Some of you don't know who that is, but the ones that you do are not smiling at me. It's cute. Um, if somebody came up to her and was like, I just wanted to let you know that you were a kind individual. <laughs> <laughs> the laughing And so, because um, she's super kind. Like, she's like a 1960s stereotypical stewardess from like a United commercial. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right? And so, um, seriously. And, um, it, it's just that obvious. Like, a lot of the times you guys prophecy is it doesn't have to blow your mind. Sometimes prophecy is like, this is who you are, and you're all, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden things click into place, and now you know how to walk. Same kind of thing. Dude, David knew he was a badass. He did. Sorry for that, if any of that offended anybody. So. Okay, so, um, but he did. David knew that. He, like, tore a lion in half. He, like, he, like took down a bear. He's not really, like, tripping too much on, like, physical danger as far as conf physical confrontation is concerned. Okay. So, but he, and he knows that, but he's not flaunting it. He's just, like, bringing lunch to his brothers, and then all of a sudden, here's this, like, dude showing up with, like, a spear, like, come on, who's got me? And David's like, what, none of you? I mean, I'll take him. <laughs> well, dude, I don't know if you know this, but, like, a lion is a hard kill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they got claws, like, this long. They have five weapons, and they're, they're as powerful as a cow. But they're quicker than you will ever be. I mean, it's like a huge deal. Like, have you ever seen a house cat, like, fight something smaller than it? That's you against a lion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have any sharp anything on you. You're like this little soft, fleshy pink thing that's trying to somehow, like, fight a lion. It's like it's like a piglet trying to fight a lion. That's about what happened. But yeah, David is doing some crazy... I don't know what he was doing. Some kind of Krav Maga situation. I don't know what was happening with David. But somehow he gets this lion in a position where he tears it in half. It's a big deal, man. That's huge. Right? He's badass. And he knew it. He knew it. So now you have David. He's, he's chilling. Well, if you had walked up to David or every, anybody else when he was king and he had killed his ten thousands, and you're like, you guys, David is a good fighter. They'd be like, okay, cool your jets, buddy. We all know that. You know, it's okay. Hang out. Like, this is just be redundant. You guys, in the next couple weeks, I really believe that that's going to be handed to a lot of us. We're things that, like, we we are wondering who we are, wondering da 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 And it's going to be very, very clear all of a sudden. It's like, oh, wow, I'm fighting that. That's why it's not happening. Or, oh, that was for you, Megan. And then, um, and like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, I know. Um, and then, like, um, or just as simple as, like, I've just been, like, like, camping out outside of the gate the whole time, wondering what to do before I go in. And God will say, go in, and it'll be obvious. Just start. So it'll be obvious. And um, and um, and so um, I'm just saying, like, it just over time, like, I just believe that God's really gonna do that for us. Like, give it, give it, like, a much, much more clearer understanding of exactly how each of us need to walk and where to go and what to do. Eyes and wings, you know, like what to do and how to get there. It's a beautiful situation. Okay, so sorry if that was way too intense that last week. Um, okay, so here he is, and he's Aaron McManus, like. One of the, the, the preachers in my life that have really, like, cracked me open 
or at least gave me permission to be who I was, the better way to say it. And, um, and here he is, and he's telling me who I am. But he's not pointing at me, he's just preaching. And you can tell everybody else is kind of like looking around, like, who's this for? Really? Because he's like, because you guys are casting a wide net, you're called to grow your church numbers, all these different things, and then there's you. And he looked out. He wasn't like, like at me. He's like, there's you. And everything he said after that just made sense to me. Okay, now I'm going to transition here again. I'm just telling you a bunch of stuff. This is just really good stuff. Okay, and I can't get too into this next conversation I have, but I can tell you enough. So that dude, Tim, that you brought two weeks ago. Okay, so um, this dude named Tim Smith, um, he's going to be a regular prophetic voice here um, at Kairos. Um, I, I, I had straight up like open visions when I was talking to him, specifically introducing him onto a stage and telling people these funny stories of how I met him and like all that and like how he's just this regular prophetic voice for Kairos. Highly recommend you talk to him, by the way. Cool. You'll love this dude. <laughs> he'll be very unnerving in one sense, and then you'll totally love him in another. Kind of like Bob Harley. Um, and so, um, anyway, uh, after not last Sunday, but the Sunday before last, um, this guy wakes up in like Las Vegas that morning? San Diego. San Diego. And God tells him, go to Bo and Nora's church. So he gets on an airplane and flies to Cairo. It's hilarious. So then he shows up, and he's like, all right. He's like, he gets here, and he gets here a little late, and he shows up. And, and as I'm preaching... As soon as, I don't even know who this guy is, but as soon as he sits down, all of a sudden, like, all of my, I just went from, like, okay, dude, I'm preaching to, like, like, I knew what to say. It was really intense. I started, like, seeing stuff. It was, like, amazing. So afterwards, we go to uh, Burgers and Crepes, which is down on Riverside. Highly recommend it if you have not been there. Yes, uh, the, uh, the pesto crepe with uh, shrimp instead of chicken at Pine Nuts. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're there, and I'm talking to um, I talked to Bo and him in here for a ridiculously long time because that dude says. So uh, he, this is the first word he gave me. He goes, I, "This isn't about me. This is about Kairos, but this is really important." And so he goes, "Dude, what I got when I when I got when I saw you, it's like I saw a like a violent piece." <laughs> right? and I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take that. And so I'm like, thank you so much for that. That actually means a lot to me. Um, it's very accurate. And um, and so uh, then he said, so how did you get there? How did I get there? <laughs> and I was like, I think I could do this in a couple minutes. And so I was like, I'm, I'm trying to like do that. And then he keeps asking me these searching questions. And pretty soon he's basically saying, give me your salvation story. So I did. I, I, we talked for an hour and a half, sitting right, standing right there. Tammy's coming in with the dancing. Like, it's just like funny. Like, so we're like talking about this whole situation. And um, I told him the, my whole story, like how I got saved. Even starting from when I was a little kid. I mean, it was like really intense. And so finally we get to Crepes and Burgers, or Burgers and Crepes, whatever it's called. Those two things. We get there, and like, I'm getting out of the car. And he comes up to me, he's all, you got something to tell me. I'm like, and God's like telling about the upper room. Okay. So I start telling him about the upper room. And I feel like I'm almost like marketing, like, and there's this thing, and then Mox, it's this company, and blah, 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 and they do this concrete additive, and da, 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 da. And I'm like telling him about all this stuff. And I'm, I'm stopping every once in a while. Dude, I'm not trying to sell you on this thing. He's all, no, dude, God told me the second you started talking that I had to open my ears because this is really important for me to listen to this. I was like, okay, great. So like, I'm like, I'm keeping on going and keeping on going. Finally, we're like sitting down, and I'm just done. I finally like end the whole thing. I'm like, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And he's like, all right. So he's like talking to me or whatever. And 
I can't get too much into details because I don't want to talk about his life or whatever, but I can just say this much. This dude is a straight up in the office of a prophet. It's not like even, it, it's, I've seen enough, you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely in the office of a prophet. He even like operates in like, even in his life, very similar to Kim Clement, uh, uh, um, Bob Hartley, even like how his life has been, that whole thing, that like weirdo like business thing where they're just getting like income and then they're just being able to be a prophet kind of thing. It's just the whole thing is very interesting. So, anyway, uh, I look over at him, and I'm sitting here, and I, I'm just listening to him talk, and I, I just, my, like, pastoral switches so go on, and I'm like, I, I need to encourage this guy right now. So I tell him, I was like, I could sense it. It was like, tell him this statement. I'm like, okay, I'm like, hey, man, I know you've probably heard this a million times in your life. This might be so redundant, it's crazy, but you are straight up in the office of a prophet, and I just wanted to affirm that. And he's like, huh. Well, then we just keep talking, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, that was the Thursday before, the, the Sunday before last, and we just had our, I just knew that I was going to do life with this guy, it was just obvious, um, and, uh, so, um, I tell him about my set the next day at the House of Prayer, I'm like, great, so, um, uh, Monday morning, well, then I get told that night, because we go to another thing, and I can't go into it, it's too much, um, I was told about the, the pastor's conference at this dinner we were at that night, and at, very late at night, I get told by Chad, Oh, because President's Day is tomorrow, the, 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 the prayer room is closed. I'm like, the prayer room is closed? I'm like, what? Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, what if you want to keep it open and then everybody that doesn't have to work can show up? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. But I was like, what? But because um, Moxie was off and they, they, it's basically forcing Chad to be there whenever, because he's the director of the House of Prayer, if she didn't know that. Um, and so everybody was getting off of work that day, a paid holiday, but then he has to be there working, paid. And for him, so they'd already planned all this stuff with the family for President's Day, not linking those two. It was kind of a last-minute thing. So I had to call him and be like, hey, dude, uh, house of prayer's closed. I don't understand it, but it's closed. So he's like, all right. So all week we missed each other because that whole week was crazy. Like, as crazy as the stories I'm telling you has been every single day since that Sunday night. My wife could attest to it if she was sitting here. They were part of a lot of it. It, the whole thing has been amazing, like next level crazy. I don't, like I said, I can't, I can't tell you everything. What I can tell you is this: all week, Tim and I missed each other. And come Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, Thursday night, Thursday, he's like, "Hey, um, I want to come to the Blue Goose tonight." I'm like, "It's only in the mornings." Like we just keep missing. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" So finally, um, uh, we're and he's in town for that whole week. He, usually, he's out flying all over the U.S. And so, um, he's like, you know what, I'm going to go to Bo and Nora's thing tonight, um, and then afterwards I'm going to come to your house around 9. I'm like, great. Yeah. That did not happen. No, And so, um, so now I'm at, at home, Mitchell comes over, we had this total huge breakthrough in his life, and then in my home life with worship, and it was totally amazing. You might have heard the difference a little bit this morning. Um, and, uh. So, this whole other thing was happening, and he's like, I'm just going to be here until that guy gets here. Well, like, 9.15 rolls around, 9.30, he's like, dude, the Holy Spirit's totally moving here, I'm going to leave in a little bit. And in my head, I'm like, you can't leave in a little bit. What I was picturing is you. Like, 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 no, it's cool, dude, it's cool, just keep rocking, just rocking down the line. Like, this is my picture, I'm like, you're a bow, dude, like, you're going to stop. Like, because bow keeps that fire, man, you're going to keep going. So I'm like, all right, dude, so finally I texted him this thing, God told me that by the end of that night, that, that he had something for me. That morning, he told me that. Tim has something for you today. Okay. So at 9.30, I, I sent him this really audacious text. I'm like, you have something to give to me? 
I know that much, so come down here and give it to me. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I don't really like roll like that a lot, you know, so like well, that's where I was then. I just like really, it's just so intense, you know. So, um, well then he like, he, you know, he texts me again, like, in like, like 30 minutes, he's like, all right, dude, we're wrapping up. Like, you ain't wrapping up. I was like, don't even trip. I was like, but I'm going to stay up. Now the next day, Katie and I and Nicole and Caleb um, were scheduled to drive that morning to Bethel. And then be there all weekend, which is where I was last weekend. Um, and that's too much to tell you this time, but I can tell you this much. And I'm like, dude, like, this is going to be heck late. We're already exhausted. We've been going a week straight. I need sleep. And so I'm waiting for this guy to show up, and he shows up around 10.50 p.m. at my house. I'm like, no problem, man. Like, I know you got something for me. And so you came here an hour and 10 minutes by the end of the day because God told me that you had something for me today. And so I'm like, I'm in. So, so he sits down, and Mitchell's with us. And how many of you know that Mitchell is straight up anointed prophetic? Mm -hmm. Anybody know that? Raise your hand if you know that. Okay, how many people? Well, he is. He really is. It's amazing. Um, even when he said he didn't even believe that God even existed and that he, Christ did not die for his salvation and like he didn't even know what he believed, he comes to like Zach's like bachelor party and just starts prophesying over everybody. God says that da 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 And like, like the God that doesn't exist is like <laughs> saying all this stuff through him. It was like really funny. Anyway, so... um. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so Mitchell's there, and we're just going through this worship situation until almost 11. He got there at 8. And finally, like, Tim shows up. And as Tim shows up, he sits down, and we start talking about dog training, which is what Tim does for a living. He has all this amazing, crazy business. Don't get me started, but it's next level. It's not like, sit, Fido. It's like, <laughs> next level. Like, this dog needs to be able to disarm an attacker in the middle of a war zone with grenades going on all over the place. Like, and so he does that. Like, that's kind of how what he trains dogs to do. It's straight up next level. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, oh, the dog's totally calm, by the way. Like, he's just like, how do you... Whatever, I don't understand it. Okay, so, um, so he sits down. We start talking about dogs for a while. And then Mitchell was like, all right, dude, like, should I go? And I was like, well, you can stay if you want. I really felt led to say that. You can stay if you want. But this is going to be a very intense exchange. And Mitchell's like... Mitchell gets that, like, little boy look where he's about to have fun. And he goes, yeah, I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, hanging out. You guys, this was one of those, like, Old Testament situations where the prophet shows up to the king situation and, like, crazy stuff goes down. This is what happened for the next three hours. Like, he left at 1.30. Okay, two hours. No, no, yeah, three. Okay, so crazy stuff. You guys, like, I can just tell you this much. That by the end of it, because I, I, I can't go through the whole thing, it's... I just can't do it because i got so much to tell you and I just love you and I just want to share all this with you. Um, so I'll, I'll revisit these things later. Okay. Hi. By the end of it, all I know and all he knows is that we are going to do life together long term. That Kairos is his church. That, um, uh, that he's, he's prophesying over me all this crazy stuff. But what's funny is he sat down and he's like, dude, I know God has something for you. And I'm kind of confused because usually he tells me that and he gives me a just direct word and he's not telling me anything. He's like, this is kind of weird. Actually. Like he's like just kind of laid back. He's like, "Got a minute? This is kind of weird." I was like, "Okay." So um, uh, we keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, all of a sudden, like I get all these words for him, and he gets a few things for me, and then he starts asking me questions, and God is giving me the answers about myself to him. He's like, "What do you think business? Like, define business." I didn't understand why he was asking. I started talking about what it used to be for me, like when I was a little kid, like sell out people that you never. Knew never meet. 
And like, if, and then I got saved, and all of a sudden I read like two books and went to Amway meetings, so I thought I was like a business expert. And then, um, and then I kept going, and that's funny for people that know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden, like, then later, and then how God like brought Zach and I through Renfro and all this supernatural situation. So I ended it with God, like, what I know now about business is that God is with me no matter what I do, and he would just put things in front of me to do, and he will give me heaven download for it so that I'll have favor in it. But the thing itself isn't business to me. This is business. This is just can change. And he goes, all right. He's like, okay, cool. And then we keep going, and then he goes, so what is your calling? What is my calling? And, and immediately I get sense. I was like, what am I operating in now, or what, I, what, what will I be operating in? What, is my, what am I called long-term operating in, or what am I operating in now? He goes, both. I said, well, right now I'm teaching, preaching, and pastoring. He's like, okay, what about later? He's like, I'm, like, I'm an apostle. When I said it, though, it wasn't like... <laughs> You know, like that's not what's happening. It was like it was just like before, like David fights well, or like that thing. That's when I said it. It was like that, and I was like, okay. And so I just said it. It wasn't even like I didn't stutter. There was nothing weird inside. I said, and he goes, huh? He's like, I'm actually really surprised right now. He's like, I thought for sure you were gonna say something else, and I was gonna bomb you with that, and you just said it. And I start. I was like, oh, and that's not it. And I started prophesying over myself. I'm like, oh, I'm called to do this. I'm da 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 da, blah 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 blah. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, it just kept coming out of my mouth, like all this crazy stuff that was freeing me up. And I was like, I'm literally getting a prophetic word through my own mouth. And and I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember this much. I recorded it. Um, uh, I am going. I am going to protect the works of God from being protected. Hey. <laughs> like. And, and like I knew the, the context of that, but like, okay, there's a there's a move of God, so let's put all these rules and get all this stuff to happen yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah. No, just leave it alone. You it, it didn't get to this point. You doing that? Just don't do it now. It's okay. Whenever a problem comes up, He's still with us. We don't need to be talking about hypothetical problems in the future, which totally is what I was preaching in this whole first beginning of 2016. And like I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm I'm going to protect the works of God from being protected. And when I said it, it was like. Shunk. I've never had a sentence. You know, some people have a sentence. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, I save girls from sex slavery. Awesome. You know, like, I pitch in 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 baseball games and break records. Awesome. I've never had a sentence. It's never existed. I've never had a sentence. And all of a sudden, I have a future sentence. Like, I'm called to protect the works of God from being protected. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Like, wow, that's a big deal for me. And then he's looking at me, <laughs> and, I get, and I end, and I was like, dude, I know this sounds crazy, but I was just prophesying over myself. And he yeah. looked at me, and he goes, that's why I didn't have anything for you. He's like, this is crazy. And then he says this. Uh-huh. I, he's, and he's like, dude, I don't want to put anything on you or whatever, but I really sense this. He's like, I think you're supposed to mentor me in Whoa. me being a prophet. Whoa. And this whole crazy thing was like, <laughs> if you would have told me that three weeks ago, I'd have been like... I mean, if that's what you're feeling, dude, like, that's kind of how I would have taken it. But this whole night was going so much, there was so much deposit, that by the time I'm talking, and this is, by the way, this is the night of that pastor's conference. You see what I'm saying? Like, this, so this whole thing has just been significant. So by the time I'm there, I have so much in me and so much deposit that I'm like, that makes sense? That makes sense. Because now I know that I'm, I'm called to steward the inner mechanisms of faith within people that most people can't see because of the earlier. I was like, that makes sense. I was like, great, man. And I was like, I have all the confidence in the world that you will actually be directional for Kairos long term. You'll be one of many voices, but I think that you will be, you will absolutely come in with that. And he's like, I think that. He's like, you know what? He's like, 
you know, like, we're going to do life together, and we'll figure this out as we go. And I'm like, sure, man. And um, you guys, like, just that, that meeting was very, very strategic, as you can obviously see. There's a lot's happened. So um, I'm going um, to transition a little bit, and then I'm going to sew it up, and I'm going to pray. This has been more about who we are, but in this funny, like, lens through me. <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to encourage us. Um, there's a lot. I'm very pregnant. So now we can understand why I would say that. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about Katie and I's journey a little bit. Um, and then I'm just, I'm just going to end it. Today, I, I think it's just catching up, but then also really encouraging us as a body. Um, I think even some of the things I said about myself prophetically was for a lot of us here. So whatever. Yeah. I don't justify or ask forgive as well. Okay, so um, even though my flesh is like, don't do that. Um, so Katie and I, we've been going through this video process, you know, like filming a video to eventually put onto a website to raise money for IVF, in, in vitro fertilization, which apparently I'm the only person on earth that didn't know what that was. And, um, how, but whatever. And so, um, like how people knew, not how I didn't. And, um, um, and so we've been going forward with this whole thing. And Laban's been filming us, and, and all these emotions are showing up, and like, Katie's got like, dude, okay, I don't want the video to be like this, and I don't want the video to be like this, and I don't want the video to be like this. And I'm like, can you tell me what you want? Because <laughs> she was doing what we used to do at the table community a long time ago. We don't want to be this, we don't want to be this, we don't want to be this. It's like, okay, then there's no life here. <laughs> Where's the life? You know, like, um, and so, uh, like, if your heart just decided to not beat until it beat perfectly, that's like, you wouldn't have a problem, you know? And so, um, okay, so, um, we've been healing through that. And then for me, like, when things get, would get too emotional in places, like, I would just, like, I just chill out. Like, okay, we'll just wait, and I'll go play some disc golf, and we'll just hang out, and Katie's like, it's been three weeks, you know? And so, like, this, we've been dealing with our own, like, issues internally, and it's been really good. Like, Katie and I are probably closer than we've ever been in our life. Not even probably. We're closer than we've ever been. And um, this has really sent us into something closer. Well, um, we um, we went to Santa Cruz a couple days ago with Layden, and that was incredible. And um, I just, there's been so much, but God has been regularly speaking to me in the last week and a half through incredible open visions and prophetic words and just happenstance that has told me to renew our hope once again in areas that we previously said, we put that on hold and if we get pregnant, okay, that's awesome. Like, those are the mechanisms that would just be crying hysterically once we were pregnant. But actually, like, he's saying, shore up all of those areas of hope again. Flip on all the hope switches. All of them. Every one of them. And even ones you didn't even know you had. And then he's like, and turn off these switches that think that you're responsible for getting pregnant. And turn off, like, all these intense things. Like, turn off these switches that think that your sin is somehow, like, stopping you. Or, you know, like, like that whole thing. Okay, we went to Bethel. Now, how many of you have been to the, the healing rooms of Bethel? Y'all can go to the years ago. <laughs> like we need to take a field trip or something. I'm not kidding. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. No, really. And we have places to stay now, so we can actually do that. Okay. I have I have an open invitation for two different rooms for us to stay in. So maybe like five people at a time or something, but whatever. Just saying, really, we need to go to the healing years of Bethel. Even if you think you have nothing to heal, let's go to the healing years of Bethel. Okay. Please. We can figure that out. Some ministry or something, figure out when that can happen. Okay. Please. I won't say it again, but let's do that. Okay, so um, so we're, we go to this thing, and there's a thing that 
this the BSSM students and all these people pray over you. Well, one of the things that they're not quote unquote allowed to do is dates, like like specific dates, mm-hmm. prophesying over people, mates, like who you're gonna get married to, or babies when you're gonna have one. Because it's just too messy. They're like, look, it's just too messy. Just don't even worry about it. Like, you can prophesy about all this other stuff. You pray about anything you want. Just don't touch those things. And that's pretty much the rules of the, the healing rooms. Great. I've been to the healing rooms twice. So now we go there. And, and then Caleb and Nicole. Seriously, he's so amazing. Such a blessing. Okay. Um, they just supported us through that whole entire process. They were, like, fighting. And Katie fell right when we got out of the car when we first got there. It was, like, really scary. And, like... It's, there's just so much going on, and they were just for us the whole time. It was just really beautiful. Okay, so um, we get to the, the healing rooms that morning, and, like, you could just sense it. The second we got up, it was just like, this is a great day! You know, like, we showed up to Bethel, and we have our coffees, and, like, all the money, whatever. And um, we, uh, we show up to the first room. There's four rooms. Show up to the first one. They're just teaching you what, prayer, or what healing is and what it isn't. But they're like, okay, how many of you had your quiet time this morning? Some hands run up. Great, because it has nothing to do with you heal today. <laughs> and the one who's like, well, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word for everybody in this room. They're like, they're like, okay, give it. They're like, how many of you went to sleep last night and woke up this morning? And everybody's like, he's like, cool, God wants to heal you. All right, let's go. Like, it's like, it's like this amazing situation that's happening. And so um, that was pretty much like that for like 20 minutes straight. And they're all, and, and right when they got in there, raise your hand, anybody heal already? And then, and then someone goes like, I am. <laughs> yeah, so I was just all crying and stuff. And like, okay, we got a word for TMJ. We got TMJ problems, like four hands go up. Like three of them get healed. It was like, <laughs> like she's all crying. She's like, how could you do this? And the one girl's like, my road came got this healed. Like all this crazy stuff before we even get into praying for healing. It's just awesome. And so the faith is all up, you know, the whole thing. They're all, it just has nothing to do with you whatsoever. You can't somehow like miss your healing because of who you are. And da, da, da. It's amazing. In fact, the good news is, is you don't even have to have the faith for this. And like that's when they're all like, anybody already get healed? And then I'll like, check it. And they're all and the girl's like, we're gonna go. It's totally fine. Like and she was just like, what the you know. Okay, so um then right after that meeting, like we're because you go into another one, another room, and as we're, I was I'm walking out, I really feel like I need to encourage the girl that was talking. Joy. Her name was Joy. You have Joy, Honey, and whatever that dude's name was, Seven or something. And so um so I walk up to no, I'm not kidding actually. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like I like walk up and give her a high five. Like, I'm like, you guys are doing a fantastic job. I just want to say that you guys rock. And I start walking away. She's like, whoa, whoa, you don't get to walk away. Like, Stop coming here. She's like, well, what did you guys come here for? No, what did you come here for? I'm like, well, then with my wife. So, like, okay, what did you come here for? I was like, well, we've been married for almost 11 years and we haven't conceived. She's all, I knew it. She's all, hey you, and she calls Seven or whatever his name was, and he shows up. Yeah, and his name wasn't Seven, but I'm, I'm sorry. And, and he shows up. He's like, what's up? And she's like, that word you got right before the class started, it's them. Right? And, and I was like, yes. And so he's like, he's like, he's like, conceiving? And I was like, yeah. He's like, why don't you come out here? And so he like takes us out of the hallway and like, and, and he's like, and this is what he said. He goes, you guys, I'm just letting you know, I'm seven for seven for this. What? <laughs> In case you know, like God really speaks to Katie through sevens. And so um, he's like, dude, I'm just letting you know, I'm seven for seven for this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and um, so we're like hanging out there and, and he just like, he's praise. It's like totally amazing. And he really affirms that it has nothing to do with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. us not getting pregnant or not. And, that, and that he wants to do this and that because he's spoken that's the point not when it happens but that he's spoken great fantastic then we go into the main room the main like worship room where like everybody this guy is like next level worship leader I really want to know who that was because he's incredible it's like this old guy and he's like 
I'm no longer sleep. Like, the how he was singing, I just, it's hard to describe, but it was just totally amazing. You are good. And he's like this, like, barrel chest dude with a guitar, and I was like, I just want to hug him, you know. And um, so he's he's there, and I'm just in it, man. I'm just in it, and like that's it's the soaking room. People are painting in the middle, and like kids everywhere, and like there's a kids dance troops like dancing to the thing on stage. It's just next level. And um, and so I'm there, and like all of a sudden, like they're all get on a mic. Like this, somebody gets on a mic. Okay, you guys, this is gonna be really like like normally we don't do this, but there's people here that like like you've been trying to have a baby, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> awesome and so like we get up and like they're just go over there for prayer and I'm like alright and like this Romanian guy gets gets assigned to us and he's just like so he's just praying and like he's kind of shaking you know and the whole thing he's aware of Bethel and, and so he's praying for us and he says the same thing he's all this isn't this this is nothing to do with you guys and your worthiness and how good or bad you are and all this different stuff it's just about God said that's the point like God said Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm there. I'm like, okay, and then and then it's funny. And then like Katie's just crying. She has to go sit down. She's like, I'm like, great. And so she's really getting hit, you know. And then this dude is like, I'm just, I just got a word for you. Like, are you like a leader somewhere? Like, um, I could just, I could just see you like, a, like a leader. Like, there's, there's people that like you're helping. And I'm like, yeah, I pastor a church. She's like, oh, you, because he's Romanian. And in the Romanian <laughs> culture, it's like, well, you want the pastor, you know? Like. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You know? And so, like, but he, like, he gives me a word, and he's just like, it's so funny. He's like, once again, he's like, I just feel like um, God's about to like give you so much, and to like really like hold your hands out wider. You know? I was like, okay. And so I was like, this has already happened like three times throughout the week. So I'm like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> bigger bowl. You know, like, have a bigger bowl. And so, um, yeah. And so uh, he's like prophesied over me, and finally he's like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm like, great. So I sit down, we go into the next room. The next room is actually the healing rooms, but because it was kind of chaotic, usually they'll be like, like numbers one through 12, go through that door. But how they communicated it was confusing this time. They're like, hey, numbers above, blah, 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 go and go to this one place, and then hey, you guys, do this thing. And, but nobody knows where that place is because everybody's new, and they were just kind of like confused. And so it just kind of just turned into this like, you know, like the ants are walking in a line. You, Put your finger across and they go. <laughs> That's what was happening. You have these wandering people like looking for their healing. And all these like BSM students just like Shondai moment, like in the hallways and stuff. It just kind of turned into bedlam, you know? Um, and because it's usually not like that. And so um, then I get we get um, approached by Amy Gottlieb's mom, which is hilarious. Um, and I'm just like, what are you doing here? I live here. Oh. And so um, and so I'm talking to her, and then she goes, So do you guys want to go downstairs or upstairs? There's two different prayer rooms. And immediately I heard upper room. I was like, we'll go to the upper room. She's like, great. So we send so send us up there. We go in there. And like we are sitting for a grip of minutes. Like like a good 45 minutes. We're just sitting there. Like just hanging out and watching the whole thing happen. And like there was one team and it was little kids. But praying for healing. It was like just beautiful. And so we're just like watching this whole thing. And you could tell like some people would get, like the kids would like come up to somebody and they'd be like, like, really, dude, I get the kids. <laughs> but these kids are like Shondai moment. Like, it's like a big deal, you know? And so, finally, like, I get picked up to get prayer. And I said, well, I'm with my wife. And I well, can we pray for you solo before? I was like, sure. So they went up there and they started praying for me for all this different stuff. And um, we finally get to, uh, to, to the reason we're there. 
And um, oh, by the way, my remember my toe. Yeah. All that stuff. Well, my toe got healed, but the bones in my foot were still broken. <laughs> totally intense. So I get prayer, and like my toe would like drop down in pain every single time somebody prayed, and then it, that, that one day just went away completely. Like after prayer, it was great. But then, after that though, like if I'm walking for a while, the bones in my actual middle of my foot would like start to really ache, and like the muscles would tense up or whatever. And so like I had like a charging horse by the end of every day until we went there, and um, and we were walking a decent amount. Uh, so, um, sure enough, uh, we get up there and they start praying over my foot, and they're like, okay, well, do something that you couldn't do before. I'm like, okay, well, when I go down on my toes, that's when it would happen. Like, the, the, so for some reason, it put pressure on whatever bones are broken there. And so I did it, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, the pain's gone for about 40%. Like, Can we pray again? I'm like, freak out. I'm like, do what you gotta do. And now we love you, man. Like, it's cool. I'm like, yeah, freak out, dude. I'm like, what you gotta do. And so they prayed for me again, pain down, went down again, and they prayed for me the last time, the pain was completely gone. I was like, awesome. So now my foot's all like, yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, that was great. And then I told them about us getting pregnant. And then they, once again, the same word again. Like, it's like, okay, it's about God said, not about when it's going to happen. It's about God said. And just to rest in that God said. And I was like, awesome, man. And they prayed over us. And it was just a beautiful thing. And, and through that whole weekend, it was just like ultra extravaganza as far as prophecy and the whole thing. And I can't get into it. Um, on Monday, I played our set. Um, Ruth and Caleb and I do a set in the mornings. And the guy's like, I'm playing this set, and like all of a sudden, like it kind of goes into these like, chords, almost like a 50s like slow dance. And the next thing I know, I'm, this chorus shows up, and it's like, dance with me in the twilight of the morning, uh, dance with me caught up in the moment. And it, just, it was just Jesus singing it, right? And then all of a sudden, it went into, Earth Angel, Earth Angel. <laughs> Will you be mine? And I'm like singing it, and like, as I might cry when I tell the story. Um, and um, as I'm singing this song, like, I picture my daughter like on my feet, and the sun's just coming up. The sun's not even up yet, and I've been like in the word, and she wakes me up in the morning, and she's like, "Dance with me!" And I'm like, "Okay." And I turn on this song, and we're dancing, and like, it's Jesus telling me who I am, but at the exact same moment, like, I'm dancing with her, and I'm having this straight up like encounter moment, like playing piano. And I can barely sing because I'm just like crying and like trying, still singing it. Um, and like so many times, you guys, for the last week and a half, like I've been having these moments where God will speak to me about our daughter. And um, it's just a really huge thing. And, um, and I also believe that, that it's somehow linked to us. It's somehow like this hope that I have for her. Like I'm already in love with my daughter. Instead of like, I want to have kids to raise them and have children, like all that. That's good, but like, from that's Katie always says that, and we're gonna spank them. Almost all of you have already heard that at least a thousand times. And so, um, um, but for me, it's like now it's beyond the principle of having children, beyond raising them to change the world, beyond them even knowing God. And it's not, it's not to leave those things in the dirt. It's it's to it's just to, to ascend me above those things. It's that I'm just in love with my child. I'm in love with her, and I sense there's a prophetic mirror there on how God is going to be meeting us in this next season. And it's just this beautiful thing that just really hit me very hard. And um, I just uh, I want to end this by saying that everything I've said so far it reeks with hope. It just reeks with hope. And it, and it, it just the the whole 
the whole idea that there are things in heaven that are already there that we have yet seen and that we're called to pull them down. That's 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 the, the over the underlying overriding theme of this entire thing. And um, I, I really see that for the next couple months in our life. And I just want to say um, to reiterate what was spoken at Bethel by Chris Vallotton, and it was also spoken by Zach. I want to reiterate it that this year is a season of favor. There's you can't escape it. There's nowhere you could go on Earth or the Moon or anywhere else that you could escape this time of favor. It's a time of favor. You carry it now. And I think in, in dispensations past, there was a time where like, we have to go someplace for the favor. We, you know, we're waiting for pockets of it. But whatever you will take in this season is yours forever. You will not be lost. Take it. And, um, and I think that in these next couple weeks, we'll have more clear eyes to see that. We'll be able to, to pick that. And these things are for you. Any blessing, I just this is prophetic, and I'm going to end it. I don't keep saying I'm going to end it, but this is really important. Any blessing that you see anybody with, you can covet it. I'm not saying thou shalt not cover your neighbor's property. I don't mean like that. If it's if if it's if it's been given through the cross of Christ, then it's yours for the taking if you access it by faith. I don't care if it's a lot of money. I don't care if it's somebody conceiving. I don't care if it's somebody, like, somehow, like, getting boldness to do something they've never done before, um, to see things in heaven and bringing them down, whatever maybe I don't care what it is. Be creative. If there's anything, you're all, I want that. I believe that this is the season for you to apprehend the blessings by faith that previously had a, had a, a brass ceiling. And that this is, this is a year of favor. To take it while you have it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's going to end or not. That's not where I'm going. I'm saying take it now. And um, there was a metaphor I, I handed Max. I, Max that came last week and the week before. Um, young kids, like 17. And I said this. You know, I use Disneyland a lot of my analogies. This is for us. It says, um, you know, you had, uh, let's say you had three daughters. And you told all three daughters, we're going to Disneyland this Saturday. And the first daughter goes, thanks, Daddy. And then kisses you on your cheek and goes and plays for the rest of the week. She just totally just keeps living her life, excited about her life, just looking forward to Disneyland. Then the second daughter says this. Okay, no problem. And then every single day, five times a day, asks you if she can go to Disneyland on Sunday. Yes. And it would be weird. Because what's really happening is she doesn't trust that you're actually going to take her even though you said you would. And then the last girl is now angry at you every day because she's not going sooner. We can choose one of those three. I want to I say the first one is, is what I recommend. He said this. You don't have to pray about it. Just take it. You have this favor. And then, on Saturday, you're in Disneyland. Okay? This is where we're, where we're coming here. We're coming here soon, you guys. We're in Disneyland. you got three different daughters. And here's... And, and your three different daughters. And the girl that just kissed you on the cheek and said, Thanks, Daddy. And then was just like totally stoked. Well, you let them bring a friend. And you gave every one of them 50 bucks right when you get into Disneyland. And that girl is like out there. She's got like the cotton candy and like the goofy hat with the two teeth on it. And she's just excited. And like a friend. And they're just like having a ball. They're just like totally stoked. And they're not even riding rides. They're just like laughing and just like hanging out. Right? Then you have the other daughter. And she's making an itinerary. 
<laughs> and she's just like, okay, we gotta run. Okay, how's the map? Okay, we only got a couple hours. Okay, we're gonna do this. And her friend's miserable. You know, and then she's just like, okay, we got this, man. We're gonna have so much fun. It's stupid, and you better have fun. Okay. <laughs> and then you have the girl that, that was mad at you that you weren't going the whole time. That because everything else is familiar and she's never ridden a roller coaster, she won't leave your side. And she's like, I won't do it. She's like, tell me what to ride, and then I'll ride it. And you just wish that she would just let it all go and just enjoy herself. And just take whatever Disneyland has to offer. Enjoy yourself. Right. Right? May we be the first one. Not even worried about it's a new, like whatever's new and unfamiliar. Don't even worry about it. It's just for the taking. That's the point. The point is that we would take it and we would enjoy it. And we would relish whatever God has for us. Instead of, well, I don't know. You know, that thing. Or the controlling it. Okay, I'm going to do this, and then it's going to look like this, and then it's going to look like this. And you're just stressed out and miserable. Just be the, be the goofy hat with the, 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 the cotton candy, knowing you have access to all of it, and just let it come as you're just with everybody else. So, that's my word for us. So, I'm going to pray. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pray. So, God, I just... <laughs> words fail. I just, God, I just thank you uh, for everything that you are planning to do in us and what you've already promised and you've already set forth, you've already decreed it, you've already written it down, it's already promised and it's firing, rocketing toward us. That's, and all we have to do is just surrender to the explosion, Lord. I just, um, just, it's just gooey, awesome joy and hope and love. And I, I just, I just, I, I just declare um, that not only are you faithful and good, but that you are absolutely preparing to enjoy that process with us. Um, and um, I just ask that you would uh, just draw us up into seeing the exceeding greatness of your power to those who believe. <clears throat> yeah. That you do exist and you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. May we just mine gold. Just, just mine your heart. Just diligently seeking you.